0: My name is Anthony Cappizzoli. I am the host of the Dismantled Life podcast and I'm a recovering alcoholic and drug addict after nearly 40 years of addiction. I've been clean and sober for nearly four years and work hard to help others find recovery. Join me each episode to learn from my sober superhero guests and how they went from the darkness of addiction into the sunlight of recovery. Dismantled Life can be found on Digitent Podcasts, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Dude, how are you? Doing good. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for being on the show. Of course. Thank you for uh for having me. Of
0: course. I'm ha- I'm happy to have you. I'm I uh looking forward to learning your story and hearing, you know, kind of what got you where you are and some yeah. of the troubles you went through and all the great things you've done uh as an attorney. I I think it all kind of blends very nicely together. It's going to be a super interesting episode.
1: Yeah, well good. I hope so. You know, I mean it's it's um talk about I don't know your story or your recovery, but mine's AA. Yeah. Um, and just the promises. I mean, I, I just the turnaround for me. Probably most people could say it's as extraordinary as anything and anyone, but I, I truly feel blessed. So same, same. Yeah, I right. tell you,
0: it's been yeah. just past my five year mark. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy to be here. And uh, I, I have to say, like, one of the things that was it, when I first started that, I look back now and I think, God, how silly was I? But I think we all have to go through it where I'm like, what is life going to be like sober? What is, what am I going to do? How am I going to live my life? Cause everything was consumed for me for, you know, alcohol, cocaine, and nicotine. And when it was all gone, the skies opened up, the sun came out. I got to discover who I was and be a part of my own life and contribute to my own happiness in wonderful ways. And I think that that's what I always tell people like, it seems hopeless, but you, what you're doing is giving yourself all the hope in the world that you need. It's it's amazing. Amen. That's it's um. So anyway, I'm sorry. I, this is about you, not me. I I'm, uh,
1: I'm no, I dig it. I mean, it's it's the inward journey, and it's the it's fulfilling our our fate and destiny, and doing what we needed to do to live. And when you're lost in the abyss of addiction, yeah, you're not, you're not fulfilling that. It's empty. There's no purpose. There's no meaning.
0: That's right. And it's lonely and it's dark and it's dirty and it's scary yeah. and all, all that stuff. Uh, yeah. But so, you know, before we dive in, I, I, I maybe have, have you share with the audience a little bit about who you are, your background. Um, and, you know, you don't have to talk about it in detail, but you are a successful attorney. And I always think that, uh, well, first of all, my opinion is attorneys rule the world, um, yeah. generally speaking. <laughs> you make yeah, the rules.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> but but yeah, uh, so maybe if you, if you don't mind, Eric, we could start with that yeah. uh, a little bit about your background, and then maybe get into, you know, the maybe the pre addiction stuff or the addiction stuff, and then talk about what life is like, you know, after that.
1: Yeah, you bet. Um, yeah, I'll just let you kind of, we'll just vibe off each other, and you run awesome. with whatever outline you want. Um, it's is it audio or is it video and audio?
0: Just audio. I don't do video because. Perfect. I don't feel like, to, in truth, I don't like doing all the editing to marry the audio and the video. And, you know, so I I guess I'm an old school guy. Can, it's weird to say that about podcasts, but I'm an old school podcaster in that sense.
1: <laughs> hey, man, I, I prefer, I'm with you, so.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So uh, a little bit about you, if you don't mind, like uh, where you're from and your background a bit um, to share with the audience to get a little kind of foundation about who you are. Okay.
1: Well, I, who am I? Isn't that the... That's the question. That is the question. question. It's the simplest, who am I? Three three words, the most complicated question known to humanity. <laughs> um, I am somehow the product of lineage. My mom, straight off the boat from China, she's an immigrant. I'm sorry, from Sweden. And my dad straight off the boat, immigrant from China. Mm-hmm. And so I am the combination of these two cultures that um Eurasian, half half and half. Yeah. I grew up in Indiana, which is uh you know, home is where your heart is. I love Indiana, but it's also yeah. it's also a place that people say, well why why'd you go to Washington? And part of it was to leave Indiana. Um, I knew, you know, inside of me that I wanted to see the world. I wanted to grow and go beyond what I was comfortable with, which probably blends into addiction. Hmm. Uh, you, you know, like just yeah. push the limits and just how far can I go and what, what, what's, what can I do that will be, you know, the next exciting, exhilarating high adrenaline rush, whatever. Um, so I went to, I came out here for law school. I was really blessed to have A father who was kind of scary but (laughs) um really my both my parents were really hardcore education and so i went to law school not because i wanted to be a lawyer but because i just wanted to keep going to school because i had to right and so i i I amassed this mega education that that pre-qualified me to to be a lawyer Yeah. (laughs) Whatever that is. And um, are you still practicing? Yeah, I am. I'm so blessed. I, I, I I am. I, I do. I'm a trial lawyer. So I tell stories. I'm a storyteller. Yeah. So as a trial lawyer, you kind of, you, you know, it's a, it's a battle for truth and justice and in the courtroom, the, the, the audience, the deciders of justice, it's the greatest invention, I think. Social invention, the, one of the greatest social inventions. It's group decision making that has the ultimate power—more power than the president, the governor, the legislator, the Supreme Court—because they decide the justice for the issue. And yeah. it's so important to have this right to the jury trial, to have the check on the government, corporations—you know—to let let yeah. let people decide the disputes. It's the way it should be.
0: I love it. I think. Uh were you always a litigator
1: or were you, did you practice certain types of law? Or did you go right into trial law? Well, I've been doing it for 27 years and I started out as a public defender, but, but, an, but I could do whatever I wanted. I could, I had a private practice. So I did bankruptcies. I did divorces. I did boundary disputes. Um I've done so many different kinds of cases. Your head would spin. right? I would imagine. Uh, I've achieved a level of, of, um, uh, recognition and success, you know, my creativity in the courtroom has landed me in a spot where I can be very, I can do what I believe in, like awesome. to, to the core. It's interesting, you know, did, did
0: kind of getting into a little bit of the addiction layer, did that get in the way of your career as an attorney? And I'll just generalize as an attorney. Uh, yeah. Did you, did, did you practice with a firm at one point and to get in the way, except I, I, the, the law world is so hierarchical if you are in a firm. So I'm wondering like what that was like on you and what life is like now. Is there, is there a shadow on you? I'm sure you're tremendously successful. I've seen your biography. I've read your case histories and, and I'm not going to get into the details, but it's success, but did it get in the way at all? Like, did you have to deal with some, shunning i suppose how did that work well
1: first of all addiction is rampant in this profession because of i don't know if it's the anxiety it's the stress it's the burden the responsibility it's the nastiness of it it's kind of yeah. a pleasant career <laughs> fighting all the time like most, we're pretty miserable people and then on top of that the stress of of the like, just what you take on is is debilitating. So lawyers actually have some of the highest suicide and addiction rates in the profession. It's 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 a it, it's it's bad. <clears throat> so for me, um you know, it took me a long time to get to the point where I was no longer competent, and so my my kind of falling off the cliff. It wasn't just everything was great I'm sure then you just collapse it was kind of like this long slow unraveling and it was i would say it was a solid 2 years where i was a real disservice to the profession to my clients but i but i actually kind of controlled the damage by reclusing and i stopped to my credit i kind of stopped practicing yeah um i, I mean i was broke uh i didn't have a, a clientele base at all um luckily i had a, a case come in that bailed me out that was a large amount of money that that kind of buoyed my my boat lifted me up but i remember when i got clean and sober or when I had bottomed out and I'm like, I have to do that. Right. You reach a point where you're either going to live or die. Yeah. And I think, I think that's what every addict who's journeyed this, this voyage can say is that you have to reach this point where if you don't do it, what's yeah. the point and you're wasting your life. Yeah. And it's true.
0: There's you, a moment
1: where like you,
0: it, there is no
1: other choice. The choice is either
0: die or live, and it, it is that binary. It's it's a crazy moment for me. It was, uh, and still here. So I think I made the right choice. I know I did. Uh, but that that moment where you are being sucked down into the shadow, it's really strange. It's it's hard to describe to people who are just beginning the journey or teetering. Do I need help? And I'm like, if you're asking yourself these questions, the answer is yes. Like, um, so it's it's interesting to hear you, because it's a long, slow death spiral. It was for me. And then when I hit that bottom, um, I'll turn it back to you here. Right? It's got to be that moment of holy shit.
1: Well, I wish I wish the people could see your smile because I'm actually tearing up right now because the sorrow that that we carry before you reach that precipy, that moment, is so profound. And even afterwards, like the the, looking at the wreckage of your life, the the tragedy of it, and like, what the hell have I done? And I've wasted my life. There's this feeling I I had it where I've wasted my life. I was in my mid forties. It was 2015, June sixth. That was the moment. So it's coming up, you know, for me eight years. And and immediately when I'm starting this commitment to live part of the recovery was accepting or moving through the sorrow of not just the emotional kind of depression, the moodiness, the the, the dysfunction of your brain, but also the unraveling of your life and the waste that you perceive at yeah. that time. It's not, I don't know if it's real or not. Yeah, It's real if you don't do something with it once you recognize it. But the truth is, it's actually the greatest gift that you can get because it's it's what motivates you to re to reweave the cloth, yes, into the, the garment that is really who and what you are.
0: It it I couldn't agree more. The absolute low point of my life on my deathbed uh, is the single greatest gift that God, mm-hmm. higher power, I. And I'm, I'm, I'm not inserting me as the higher power. I'm saying God, higher power, or I could have given myself like the, the, that crash and burn was the single, this is going to sound crazy to people that haven't gone through it. Best moment of my life. Like it is literally, it's been five years now. And like, in the, the only time I do look back, I have those moments of ego driven kind of, uh, craziness where I'm like, I wasted all my life and I should be so much further ahead. But then I think, wait, hold, hold on a minute. I'm exactly where I need to be to live the life that I should be living now. Um, yes. And I have to take, I, I, I'm, I'm always grateful, but sometimes I do have those pains of regret uh, in truth when I'm like, if I had just got my shit together, but I wasn't ready. Like it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have stuck. It wouldn't have worked. Um, had I, had it not gone the way that it did, but that absolute low point was and still is the greatest moment of my life. And I, I say that carefully because to say that to someone who doesn't, we could hear that and go, are you crazy? And, and maybe I am.
1: <laughs> you know, I I guess there's a part of me that would challenge you and say, I don't think you need to say that carefully. I think out of every ash comes growth and out of every low point is the definition of the high point. And I, I think that, that you have completed or that you're you're still in the cycle it didn't kill you and you're still kind of like rising 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 but you can now look back and say everything from that point has been an inspiration for me is a, a spiritual universal truth yeah and that's why i have great hope you know like if you look out at the world today of just like the ridiculousness of what we've created what a mess right what a mess what a mess yeah what gives me hope is that out of mess out of sloppiness out of destruction comes the the imagination and the motivation the creativity to do something better yeah and that that's what survivors of addiction cancer near-death experiences like the people who anyways
0: well i I love where you're going i'm so for you 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 mentioned it was about two years unraveling. You didn't do uh, yourself or your profession of service at the, at the moment. You did a disservice, as you mentioned. And so what, what was that point where you kind of had enough? Was there a, a rock bottom specific point? Because I bounced a few times on rock
1: bottom to give you it. Uh, so, it you know, <laughs> I mean, look, I, I know. I mean, by the time I was out of high school, I'd been arrested twice for alcohol related events. I've done field sobriety tests in front of my kids. I went my first AA meeting. I was in law school. I was 20 something. It took me another two full decades to finally, I mean, every method of trying to stop, to quit the number of times I've gone dug in through my trash or, you know, poured out the bottle or laid in bed watching daytime TV and Chick shade lad comes up, you pick up the phone. I, you, right. The, 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 lengths and the attempts and the failures are extraordinary and the physical degradation and the mental kind of psychosis that for me set in the low point for me i'll never forget it right there's moments in life like the challenger blowing up we were in ninth grade and this everyone in science class is getting together and the spaceship is shooting off and it freaking blows up Yeah. I'll never forget that moment. 9-11. There's moments that get etched into people's souls that you cannot forget. And this is one of them. So I had been on like a five-day bender, and I was with my girlfriend. And at this point, I'm I'm not capable of looking in the mirror because I hate who I am and what I've become. I cannot look in the mirror. I this is crude, but you know, in truth, there's no crude. It just is. Mm. Um, I didn't know if I was gonna shit or fart. And if I and if it was shit, it was probably blood. And my mind, I'd be sitting at a stop sign and I'd be looking, and I couldn't trust my mind if it was clear or not. I'd be afraid pulling out, and there's nothing there. And I kind of got paranoid, not kind of, I was paranoid. Yeah. I was worried for my safety, for my kids' safety. And I, the army slogan kept going over my head, be all you can be. You have, you know, and we talked about waste, like this, this profound sorrow that I am a waste, that this is not what I was put on the planet to do. And I'm in a bar and my girlfriend is slumped. She's passed out on this. If you can imagine a big, bar table with these huge, tall stools mm-hmm. that are kind of elevated. So you can almost be standing, but you're sitting. And, and I remember thinking to myself, this is really dangerous because I was worried about her falling and hitting her head. And like, she's passed out six, like her head is like five feet off the ground. And she's just sleeping on a table yeah. where she moves and she's going to get really hurt. And I'm disgusted with her. I'm disgusted with myself. I feel like shit. I scoop her up and I, and I get her in the car and I take her back to her to her condo. And I'm just like, I get her up safely and I'm gone. I'm just done. I never want to see you again. And I'm driving home and uh, I passed out or fell asleep or all I know is I awake. And I jumped the curb on on a freeway interchange, and that was terrifying at that moment. Because I mean, i have you know, like it was, like, it was scary. It could have yeah. died. So I make it home, and I wake up, splitting headache, feeling like shit, and I write down on a piece of paper that I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna quit using, quit drinking. I'm going to get healthy. I was, weed was my thing. Like if I was awake, I was stoned for a solid decade straight. I thought weed was my thing, but actually I think alcohol was, Hmm. you you know, it was an all day habit. And by the end of the day, it was, it would move into the heavier stuff. And it was like how fast and how quick on, on a lot of days can I just obliterate any presence of my existence, the sorrow, right. Of what I thought I was carrying. And so I make this list. I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to be, I'm going to sh- be there for my kids. Cause I completely walked out on them. It was just, just shameful. And I'm still, I'm showing up for them and they're showing up. I'm so grateful that we have the relationship we have, you know, cause there is deep, you know, there was deep hurt and, and trust broken there. Um, you know, I and, and, and I'm going to Wyoming and I'm at the airport drinking again that day, you know, we're, it was just messed up but for lack of a better kind of explanation there was an intervention that i was going to be with 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 friends and they did like an intervention man they like were it was pretty clear that there was some help someone needed help and there were people that cared enough to offer it and then they took me to an AA meeting Some there were two there were two addicts part of this group that recognized, you know, and sought out the help that they thought might help me and do and, and that. Airport's the last time I had a drink. The first thing I did when the wheels hit the ground in Seattle was get on my phone, find a meeting. I went straight to the meeting, you know, which is an hour or two from my house. I get home, I find a home group and luckily fit in pretty easily. I think it's really important for people to recognize that, there's personalities involved and just because it doesn't work the first time or or it feels uncomfortable it, that's just that moment based on an emotion that's going on with you or other people yeah and it doesn't Define everyone in the whole process and you just just keep trying to be open right to receiving the help
0: yeah Got being open is a a very big deal like you 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 I take this directly from Seinfeld uh you can't push over the pop machine with one push. You know, you've got to kind of rock it back and forth. And sometimes it takes a few, a bit of effort, but uh, I say it jokingly, but the, the point is you have to find what fits and what process works for you. Don't give up. Don't quit. Keep trying. Like you, you, you know, at the beginning for everybody, there's white knuckle moments. There's moments where you're not going to sleep. There's moments when all you're going to do is sleep. Like it's chaos, right? I mean, emotionally, like there's so much turmoil. You don't know what, to do which way is up uh so it's you have to commit to fighting that fight like i sat there barely sleeping or sleeping too much all i knew what to do was to uh i just started walking and you know my stories for another time but i i leaned really heavily into exercise to try to uh purge the demons you know that i did the therapy i did lots of stuff but I love your point that you have to not just keep trying. You have to stay committed. Uh, and some days that means sitting quietly and doing absolutely nothing. Some days it's absolute activity where you're going to meetings and you're talking to people and you're you're purging that way. So it, it's just different. Every day, every moment is different, but embrace it, accept it, receive it and give it back like that. You have to work the whole process. And it, AA is is great for that.
1: Well, it, yeah, exactly. And and I think it's compounded. The struggles are compounded because by the time you're desperate for help, you've been making poor choices for a very long time. Yeah. And it takes years to clean that bad credit out. Right. Because we've dug ourselves this hole and and it's not always evident or clear at the time. But all this energy that we've created is coming back, and it's it's difficult to decipher. And so you really have to just like the one day at a time, just just get through today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it takes it is it takes such discipline to break through all of this bad credit we've accumulated. So you have the physical and the psychological of the of the of the addiction, but you also have the the social, the financial, the relationships yeah um, of all, all of our poor choices that, the of the stupid decisions you make yeah. when you're an addict yeah life is hard under the best of circumstances for the healthiest people
0: the one thing that um i i think that i've been discovering and have discovered over the 5 years is untangling the bullshit relationships from your life and the ones that you when i was drinking and drugging that I thought were my rider dies, you know, these friends they didn't give two shits. When you start to real, and you know, sometimes that's family members too, unfortunately, that that they don't give two shits. They're there for the bar tab, they're for the free cocaine, and they're there for the party. And, and that's as far as it goes. As soon as you don't serve their needs anymore, they're gone. And that hit is hard to deal with mentally, emotionally. There's it, it lead, there's trauma involved. But that process is really where, for me, I had to practice staying calm and not letting my ego run away and running back to what I knew and what I was comfortable with. Because I was always the first to the party, the last to leave, the drunkest guy there, all of those things. And when I realized that, you know, I've pulled all of the friends and family from my life that weren't really good for me and I'm not going to get into details. I mean, but the, the, the point is once I committed to being true to myself and being okay with people, not liking what I'm doing, but for real, not, not because I'm doing some stupid drunk shit or coked up shit, but you know, and I'm okay with that. Like I'm, I'm good with with who I am and what I'm doing. And if it's a mistake, I'll learn from that and grow from that the right way. Can't force it. Not going to change it. But that ego part for me was so hard.
1: To get over, really. Yeah. yeah, and and that's I think that's beyond addiction as well. Is that we're brought up in this world, which might lead to, actually what you're talking about might lead to our addiction. Is this yeah. need to be something that we're not, yeah. and, and and the insecurities that we carry, or the failures, or the self-imposter syndrome, but we live in a world that values the definition of success on unattainable physique right unrealistic financial whatever standards and yeah um when the reality is is that that though none of those things are the humane thing the, none of those are the things that matter so we're 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 chasing a lie and that's how we're brought up and that's what we see on tv and that's what we see on social media and we begin to believe these lies and so we 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 we, we start to do whatever we need to do to make ourselves feel comfortable or to go into our fantasy world and it doesn't take long for the chemicals to take over, especially if you're pre-engineered or designed or wired. By the way, do you know that they're 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 trying to identify cells and they can turn off the craving? Like the, the scientific advancements on addiction are interesting. That's but amazing. It is, you know, I mean, but there's a genetic component too that oh, might yeah. do many of us
0: oh absolutely i listen if there's a if there's a sequence of uh like a dna chain or some kind of genetic structure i have it i i for sure uh no question and i believe that it yeah you know and it's but this is this is the other part that i i find amazing that i've learned through addiction and in recovery and and now living my life the way that i am in sobriety is I wouldn't trade the pain for anything now. It gives me the strength to carry on. It gives me the purpose that I need to continue doing the work and being committed to doing the work, which is more important than, than I could have ever imagined. The I, my, I love my routines. I love my tranquility and peacefulness. I like my small group, so to speak, of family and friends. I, I don't need 150 people anymore. I need just a handful. I have peace and like you said minimalism i avoid conspicuous consumption there's no materialism i
1: don't i've none of that and i i couldn't be happier if there's that should be the one takeaway from this discussion is that you're enough yeah anyone like who you are and what you have is enough absolutely to, to become comfortable in your own skin is the journey and you're never doing that. If you're an active addict, it's impossible. It can't be done. Yeah. But this, but the inward journey to learn and to feel confident that I am enough, no matter how disabled, no matter how, whatever your physique, no matter your opinions, no matter your financial situation, what you have and who you are and that thumbprint that you have, which is the only one in the world is enough. It's enough. beautiful, Beautiful, perfect thing. It really is it, it, the.
0: I love actively participating in my children's lives, lives, my wife's life, my life, our life together and having enough purpose of my own to let my life have her my wife have her own life. It, it, I, you know, like she goes and plays tennis. She started a business and, and I love being able to be here to support that quietly behind the scenes, watching the kids while she's doing those things which is wonderful like man when i was drinking and drinking that would never have happened are you kidding me everything i did was about me for me through me about me no matter what it was it did not matter and to not have or carry that horrible burden anymore and to be able to give is amazing to me like that is i i think i like that almost more than like to be able to say that i'm sober yes that's my tremendous gift to myself but the gift that i can give to my family is to participate in their lives with purpose like that is truly graceful for me
1: you, you know what recover addict or not each each one of the 12 steps are common sense every single one of them makes you read it it's like dog the 12th step you know giving it back is this this the spiritual principle of generosity and, and helping others is absolutely the key to a successful life. Yeah. And, and when, when, when you, when all you can do is obsess about yourself and and you're bitter about what you're not getting and me, 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 and your ego has kind of taken over the the universe. You're as far from the reason it's last because it's, it's hard to, to, to be a giving person but man, you know, if you want a friend, be friendly. If you want love, then you better love someone. And you know what? If you want money, you need to give money away. Yeah. And people, life, and they're always getting in fights. They're always getting into disputes and conflict with people, and they have no idea why, because they have a blind spot and they don't recognize that that's the energy that they're putting out.
0: Yeah. One hundred percent. That that. The energy layer, the karmic layer, is so important. You, 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 you have to be not only faithful, but soulful and loving and willing and giving um, and, and gracious and grateful. It, like these are all buzzwords, and people might roll their eyes, but it's the most important thing: is living in the service of others to the best of your ability. It it, it changes everything. It gives you what, the grace that you need.
1: It's what's missing in the world too. Yeah. Is is we're not the 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 world has evolved where it's instant gratification long term consequences be damned what, what can you get immediate you know compensation recognition how much money can i amass we have gotten so far away from being there for each other and helping each other as a community that it's no wonder there's so much strife and division not just in this country but in the world yeah It's a
0: hundred percent true.
1: And we know, we know what we need to do. mm There's just our leaders don't know who they are. Our leaders aren't capable of of leading by example. And yeah,
0: well, you know, I I think that, you know I don't want to make this a a political statement but I, I think that the layer of not only instant gratification but instant feedback is beginning to take its toll where before you could write a position and I don't mean that in a political way. I'm just saying you could you could live your life quietly, and the feedback would come a little bit more slowly. And but now, I mean, you post something and you get feedback instantly. I mean, it's it's almost everything. All information is coming at a fire hose level, and people yeah. get caught up in the trap of trying to win that fight every second of the day. I, I have turned off social media. Meaning I still have the apps and all that stuff, but I, I don't play on it anymore. I don't browse anymore. I I've managed to refine, I watched YouTube because I find that I could watch and learn from it. And at my shorts, I've managed to control the algorithm, quote unquote, <clears throat> where the only videos that come up are videos that I care to see. I, I I don't I dislike things that are nonsensical to me or don't fit into what I'm in the mood for and it helps like and i make it I, i'm very purpose driven with that because the noise that comes from not just social media but television and everything else is chaos and i have to throw myself in the mix here i think that the ease of use the the ease in which people can share information and opinions is a little bit dangerous i so and i podcasting will fall kind of in that genre right any person with a microphone can spout their opinions, right, wrong, justified, unjustified, unfounded, zero data-backed, and people can consume it and go, well, that person's absolutely right. He has a podcast. I heard it on whatever. I mean, and you got to be really careful. And and, and I think listen, and if you really want the truth, you have to listen to the side that you love and the side that you hate. And somewhere in the middle there, generally speaking, is something useful.
1: Well, I I think that, Having respect for opinions you don't share is critical to my success. Yeah, and absolutely here, where I'm going up against another side, I really want to understand where they're coming from, and I really want to deeply respect and be afraid of it to the point where I'll make their strongest arguments and start believing them, because because until I can do that, I'm not sure I'm going to have enough ability to speak my truth so that i can equal what they're saying yeah and and where we are now is is we there's a vacuum there's a hollowing out of respect for opinions and beliefs which is crazy because you know like freedom of thought and expression is right. like what makes this country so great exactly so now I've gotten to the point where my thoughts and my expressions are the only thing that matter and it's the only thing that true and you know, we keep coming back to the same thing. And I think that that it's a function of how hard it is to exist in this world to find our fate and our destiny and to find yeah. our true meaning. Because it's so easy to live in this shallow world where we don't really understand everything. And yeah. that's, you know, we got to keep pulling this back to addiction, right? Which is yeah. Which is like the classic symptom of the people that are, going to that mess is, I don't, you you don't know who you are or what you believe in or what you're doing. Yep. I agree.
0: It's scary. It really, well, it's, that and that's the part until you put the booze or the drugs down or both. In my case, uh, you have no way to figure out who you really are when you, you have to peel back to the raw essence of yourself. And And deal with the pain that you will uncover and the ugliness and the dirt and the trauma and all of those things. And and, until you get to that point, you can't rebuild because I think that you're then just rebuilding a house of cards. It's you've, you've got to get to the source of the issues.
1: You know, a really, really quick way, an instant way to identify the source is when you have a chance and you reflect what are the things that I'm not willing to talk about with others? What is it in that's my good. life you know, that I've done or some trait that I have that I'm not willing to tell other people? Yeah. Instant shortcut to identify <laughs> what is screwing your life up. Yes. Wow, that's
0: a good way to, that's a super interesting way to look at it, dude. That is really, really a good way to look at it, Eric. I dig that. And it's true, it's all right out there. If you look at it that way, so I'm curious, what's life like now um, in the sunshine, as I say on, on my show here, uh, in recovery? Like what? What's your? What's life like now? And now that you're, what? Almost eight years here, coming up on the eighth, I think you
1: said. I, I mean, eight years ago, I'd pick my kids up, and they would be kicking me as I'm stuffing them into the car. I'm not making this up. I am flat ass broke. I don't know how to be in a relationship. And everything around me is a mess. Everything from like the condition of the house to my friends, to my relationships, is just dysfunction. Fast forward to today, eight years. Um, I'm in this amazing relationship with a woman I love, and we're married. And it's just she's forcing me to, you know, go to be more fulfilled in a way that I desperately need, and I want to do that. My career. Literally, I mean, has just exploded. Um, I have freedom from a lot of the stressors that were dragging me down from emotional restraint, financial restraint, um, health. I just, I I mean, I'm just, I'm happy. I'm just, I'm grateful. I can sit down and hear birds singing.
0: Right. Yes. I love that one. Just the piece is doing nothing. Just sitting there quietly doing nothing. It's amazing.
1: I can actually perceive accurately what's going around me and enjoy it. It's that simple. I love it. Well, Eric, I
0: listen, I have really enjoyed having you on the show, man. And I have enjoyed getting to know you and, and learning about your story of, uh, you know, I'd be happy to have you back anytime to continue our conversation. I've really enjoyed our nice chill, quiet approach to this conversation. I really love these types of episodes where it's just a nice conversation between two dudes who've been through
1: some shit. Yeah. Well <laughs> I love what you're doing and it's so important to keep it up and anytime, man. You you anytime you want me on, you let me know and I'll be there because it's a message that you know we're qualified to share. And I think that there's people that wanna hear it and it it doesn't just happen in one. Yeah. It takes time. So thank you so much.
0: It's my pleasure.